Good evening, church. Good evening, family church, to be specific. Waterlooville, to be even more specific. What a great day today. Wasn't the service this morning so fantastic? It really was brilliant. I really, the, the, the whole format of this morning's service was just amazing. The worship was beautiful. Um, the scenes of those poppy fields were just amazing. Um, and even looking back at, you know, the, the, the BBC snip that we showed um, of last year's um, Remembrance Day celebrations on the BBC, that it just tied in so beautifully. It was really lovely. And then Pastor Jeff's message, man, it just, it just, it just ministered didn't it it was just so beautiful and um, based around one word and that was remember remember and I feel like that kind of forms a really good foundation for us for our message tonight on Sunday night local where we're going through the fruit of the spirit the fruit of the Holy Spirit and we're going to remember who God is we're going to remember who he is. So Galatians <clears throat> chapter 5, verses 22 to 23. And I'm actually going to read from the original King James Version. Okay, with no these and thous, but just the wording. Listen to the wording from Galatians chapter 5. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, Faith, meekness, meekness, temperance. And if you read this in other versions, like in the New King James, instead of that word meekness, the New King James and other translations use the word gentleness and self-control. So tonight we're going, to, we're going to look at what is gentleness, what is meekness. And, you know, meekness is a word that's not used very commonly nowadays. It's almost like an old-fashioned word, isn't it? And, um, and so a lot of the modern translations substitute the, the word gentleness for meekness. And some translations even use the words interchangeably. They go between meek at times and gentle at other times. So I'm just going to give a little bit of an introduction of what is the difference, okay? And so we're going to look at... The Greek word. I mean, we've got to have a bit of a Greek lesson in every session, okay? And it comes from the Greek word, gentleness, comes from the Greek word, preotes. Repeat it, preotes, okay? And when we next meet up, we're going to have a little bit of a giggle, and we're going to talk about preotes and all these Greek words that we're learning. But preotes, it means gentleness, mildness, meekness, and by implication, Humility. It's a mildness of disposition and a gentleness of spirit. I love that description. A mildness of disposition and gentleness of spirit. And the Merriam-Webster Dictionary actually defines gentleness as the quality of having a generally kind and agreeable manner. In other words, not somebody who's contentious and argumentative, but somebody with a kind and agreeable manner. And meekness 
is defined in the Merriam-Webster dictionary as a person who is moderate, humble, of a submissive quality, in fact, down-to-earthness, if there is such a word, down, down, a person who's down-to-earth, humble. And um, remember now that we're talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives is as a result of, it's a product, it's, it's an effect of the Holy Spirit who is at work within us as we as we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, as we yield to his working in our lives. And the basis of um, meekness starts with humility. It's, it's like the ground, the, the foundation. The foundation of meekness is humility. And humility is when we recognize that God is God, and we aren't, okay? God is God, you are you, and I am me, okay? As long as we get that foundation right, we're on the right track. And humility is also the way that we can assess ourselves correctly in the light of what God says about us. That is what humility is. And meekness actually starts, firstly, as a result of us humbling ourselves before God, before God, yielding to him and being responsive to him. So meekness in our lives is displayed firstly and foremostly to God. Whereas gentleness is displayed in our relationships to people. So meekness refers to attitude and gentleness refers to our actions. So meekness produces gentleness. In other words, gentleness is an outworking of meekness. And this, I've got a beautiful scripture that just underlines this, and you will know it. In the B attitudes, saying here that meekness is an attitude. If we go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. Well-known scripture, Jesus speaking, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, the character. Jesus is talking about the character of kingdom citizens. That's you and I, child of God. This is your character. And he says to the, he says to the crowd, he says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Jesus says this, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the the earth. So we're just going to unpack that a little bit. Blessed. Now this word blessed is used so frequently nowadays. You know, I'm blessed because I'm eating a peanut butter sandwich. I'm blessed because, you know, I've got a dog or I'm blessed because I've got a cup of tea or something. That's not what blessed actually means. Okay. So listen to what it says about from the Amplified. It says blessed, a joy that is serene. And untouchable. It's self-contained. It's not dependent on any external circumstances. This serene joy. This is what blessed is. It's a serene joy. And the Amplified goes on. It says, inwardly peaceful. Spiritually secure. 
We're talking about God. Okay, so we are blessed. We are serenely joyful, inwardly peacefully peaceful, and spiritually secure. He says, and blessed, those words, are the gentle. Blessed are the meek. And Amplified goes on and describes it as the kind-hearted, the sweet-spirited, the self-controlled. I love those descriptions. Kind-hearted, sweet-spirited, and self-controlled, for they will inherit the earth. And this is referring to meekness towards God. One of my favorite preachers is Beth Moore, and she describes this as a calmness towards God, a calmness towards God, an acceptance of God's dealings with us, considering them as good. God deals with us, and we need to consider those dealings with us as good. His dealings with us are good. They are beneficial. And the Bible goes on and says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit, they shall inherit the earth. That's beneficial. That's beneficial, isn't it? So just to, just to be aware, though, what, weak, what meekness isn't. Meekness is not weakness. Okay, just because they rhyme, it doesn't mean that they go together. It's not, uh, meekness is not this wet, limp handshake. Oof, I can't stand the thought of that. <laughs> meekness is not timidity or shyness. Meekness is not thinking of yourself as inferior. God doesn't make anything inferior. The Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. But meekness is a, is a, is a matter of understanding who God is. And who we are. And having the correct regard for his superiority. That Greek word, praiotes, say it again. Praiotes, that Greek word praiotes. It's used when um, referring to um, taming wild animals. So say for instance, like a horse, like a wild horse that's being broken in. Um, that is the same, it's the same word. It's, it's a horse that is broken in has power. You can control it. You can control a horse that's broken in. But a horse that's not been broken in still has power. But the problem is it's unharnessed. It's erratic. It's all over the place. You can't control a, bro a horse that's not broken in. But this is what meekness is. It is strength under control. It's that word, praiotes. It's strength under control. So meekness is not weakness. It's a combination of gentleness and strength. Gentleness is responsibility with power. With power. There is strength in gentleness. And we're going to take a look. The best example, the best example in the Bible of meekness has to be our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. It has to be Jesus. And if you want to go in your Bibles or write it down, but Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. You got it? Give me a thumbs up if you've got it. 
Matthew, 28, uh, Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Jesus speaking, he says, Come to me, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What an invitation. Jesus is saying to us tonight, come to me. Come to me. What an invitation. Jesus will never turn anyone away. He's saying, come to me. He says, all those who labor and are heavy laden. Labor implies burdens that we take on ourselves. Deadlines that we put in place for ourselves. You know what? You're the only people that control and manage our own diaries. And sometimes we need to slow down with what we put into our diaries. That's labor. And heavy laden implies burdens that others put on us. Other people put on their demands. Your boss, your employer, your family maybe. These are heavy burdens. But Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So let's come to him tonight. Let's take his yoke. You remember that yoke? Chris spoke about it uh, in recent weeks. He says it's that yoke that is fit for purpose, that bespoke life, that bespoke thing that he's called you to do. Take that yoke upon you and let us learn from him. Let us sit tonight at the feet of Jesus and learn from him. Let's listen to him. He qualifies because he's, why? Because he says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Jesus is gentle and lowly. Praos, gentle, humble, not contentious, not argumentative, sweet-spirited, kind-hearted, lowly in spirit, humble. Jesus, our Savior, this is who he is, gentle and lowly in heart. You know what? We so frequently refer to him, and it's right, that the risen Jesus, he is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. But in his earthly ministry, throughout the Gospels, he came to serve. He came to serve. Throughout the Gospels, we see his servant heart. Throughout the Gospels, we see him healing the sick, raising the dead, delivering the demon-possessed, giving sight to the blind. Throughout, he came to serve. He came to serve mankind. Those that served him, those that loved him, those that hated him, those who betrayed him, those who, 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 who went to crucify him, he said, Father, forgive them. This Jesus has a servant heart. He is gentle and lowly in heart. This Jesus who walked this earth 2,000 years ago, 100% man, 100% God. Philippians talks about how he laid aside his reputation. He humbled himself. He became a man. He came to earth as this helpless baby, a defenseless, helpless baby, totally dependent upon his mother and his father providing for him. 
this Jesus. He says, come and learn from me tonight. Come and learn from me tonight. So what a, what a beautiful, beautiful scripture. And that's what we're going to do. And we're going to go to John chapter 8. And we're going to read a fantastic account, a beautiful scripture about the gentleness of Jesus in the Gospels. John chapter 8, verses 2 to 11. It's about the woman who's caught in the act of adultery. John chapter 8, verses 2 to 11, and we're going to read it. And it says, Now early in the morning, he, that's Jesus, came again into the temple, and all the people came to him. Remember that, okay? All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Oh, just love his manner. Don't you just love it? Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him, brought to Jesus, a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. Look at Jesus' response. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his fingers, though he did not he did not hear. And they continued asking him. And then he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. What a beautiful, beautiful scripture. And just to give a bit of background here, you know, the Pharisees brought this woman to Jesus in a very public place in the temple. And it said there in verse 2 that all the people came to him. There were a lot of people in the temple. And the people came to him. So these Pharisees, did all they could to publicly humiliate this woman. And then they come to Jesus and they say, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. But to me, my question would be, but where's the man? As far as I'm aware, it takes two to tango, but they only brought the woman. And then they come along and they declare Moses's law that according to Moses's law, this woman should be stoned. And then they question Jesus and they say, what do you say? They're trying to trip him up. They're trying to trip Jesus up. They're looking for a way to accuse him. You know, do you put yourself above Moses and the law? Come on, Jesus, tell us. So Jesus is caught between a rock. Sorry, excuse the bit of a pun there about the rock. But he's caught between a rock and a hard place. You know, if Jesus had said, let her go, he'd be accused of breaking the law of Moses. And if he'd said, stone her, he'd be, in a, he'd be accused of being a hard and cruel person 
party to this woman's death. But look at what Jesus did. Jesus has the wisdom of God. What does the Bible say? say it says in James chapter 3.17, it says the wisdom that is from above is first of all pure, then peaceable, gentle. Wisdom is gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits. Wisdom is gentle and full of good fruits. And Jesus operates in this wisdom, the wisdom of God. And what did he do? He said nothing. He said nothing. We, we read about it in Isaiah 53, 7, when the, when the prophet Isaiah is prophesying about Jesus' crucifixion. It says, he was led as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before his shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. You know, when Jesus was being carried away to be, to be crucified, he didn't open up his mouth. He didn't say a word. He didn't try and justify himself. He didn't try and wiggle his way out of the situation. This is strength. This isn't a weakness. This is strength. This is strength under control. And Jesus, now in the temple, with this woman, with the Pharisees, and this huge amount of people, he opened not his mouth. He didn't answer them. This is strength. This is harnessed strength. This is Jesus in submission to his Father. And what did he do? Instead, he stooped down. Jesus stooped down. He lowered himself to the ground. And I believe that in lowering himself to the ground, what he did was he identified with the humiliation of this woman. He identified with her humiliation. But then the Pharisees continue badgering Jesus. And eventually in verse 7, it says, Jesus raised himself up. You know what? I love the Bible. There's never a word that's wasted. Nothing goes in there by mistake. Those words are written on purpose. Jesus was down. He was, he was humbling himself. He was identifying himself with this woman. But then suddenly he raised himself up. Why? So that he could look at those Pharisees eyeball to eyeball. He was looking at them eyeball to eyeball. And those words came out. And those words were, he who is without sin, let him be the first to, to throw the first stone. And slowly but surely, one by one, they left. It says they were convicted by their own conscience. They all left. And Jesus asked this woman, where are those accusers of yours? You know, Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Satan. You know, he's, he's the guy who will come along and say, you know, chocolate cake, you, you like chocolate cake, here's chocolate cake. So then you sit and you eat the chocolate cake and then he'll come along and say, are you the one that ate the chocolate cake? You ate the chocolate cake. You know, he's the accuser of the brethren. And Jesus, Jesus says, has no one condemned you? And she said, no, Lord. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Powerful words. Words so full of love. Full of compassion. Full of gentleness. The Bible says that a gentle answer turns away wrath. I think a gentle answer turns away accusation. It turns away condemnation. 
Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. But then he says, go and sin no more. I love this. Jesus doesn't wink at sin. He doesn't say, never mind, let's pretend none of that happened. Let's brush it all under the carpet. No, he says, go and sin no more. He, 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 what you've done was sin. And, and Jesus didn't deny it. And he didn't try and hide it. He confronted her with that truth. He said, sin no more. And so he confronted her with truth, but he confronts her also with mercy. He says, neither do I condemn you. John 3, 17, Bible says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus came so that she would not be condemned. That strength and power, that strength in gentleness. This is the meekness of Jesus in manifestation. This is the gentleness of Jesus in manifestation. Matthew chapter 12, verse 20, a beautiful scripture. Write it down. Matthew 12, 20, it says, A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. Oh, such a beautiful picture. He won't brush aside. Jesus won't brush aside the bruised and the broken. This woman was bruised and broken. We don't know her whole story. But he, he, he won't break a bruised and broken person. And a smoking flax he will not quench. You know what? It, maybe it feels like your fire is going out. Jesus isn't about to pour cold water all over you. He won't snuff out that flickering candle. That's not the way Jesus is. Jesus is gentle. He is meek. He is lowly. You know what? And we compare this, we compare this account, this event of this woman caught in the act of adultery. Compare it with a few chapters earlier in John chapter 2, when Jesus clears out the temple overturning the table with the money changers. Do you remember we spoke about it, I think, when we, when we went through the series on faith? And Jesus overturned the tables in John chapter 2. Why? Because they had turned God's house, this house of prayer, he said, into a den of thieves. This place, this temple that was built for the presence of God, for the presence of God, you know, where, where they had had encounters with God. They had turned this place into an economic exploitation of the people. And Jesus went in and overturned the tables, cleared the temple with a, with a whip of cords. And actually, a little bit later on in this account, the disciples said they remembered what it says, that it says, zeal for your house has, will consume me. We see Jesus passionate driving out the money changers. He drove out the wolves that were devouring the sheep, those money changers, those guys that were abusing the house of God for financial gain. He drove them out with a whip of cords. But in John chapter 8, the account we've just read about the woman caught in the act of adultery, you know what, again, that temple was full of people. In John 8, it's verse 2, remember it said, And all the people came to him. The Pharisees were trying to, do, to, to, to intimidate and um, publicly humiliate this woman as much as possible. The temple was full. There were a lot of people. 
And then it says in John 8 verses 10 and 11, it says, When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman. We all know the account where Jesus cleared the temple in John 2. But this is the second time that Jesus clears the temple. The first time in John chapter 2, Jesus clears the temple with a whip of cords in a righteous anger. But in John chapter 8, Jesus clears the temple. But this time, it was with gentleness. It was, instead of judgment, he gives this woman grace. He saves this woman's life. He saves her dignity. There's life that comes out of clearing that temple on the second account. You know what? Jesus isn't erratic and emotional up one day, down the next. He's not short-tempered. He's not got a short fuse. But just because he's gentle and meek and humble doesn't make him a pushover. Listen to what it says in Psalm 18, verses 25 to 27. Write this down. Go read it during this week. Psalm 18. It's a messianic psalm. It's talking about Jesus. And it says, with the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. With a blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. For you will save the humble people, but will bring down haughty looks. What a beautiful scripture. Jesus invites us all to come to him. Those that won't come to him, those who resist him, won't find him to be gentle. His, but his nature and his desire is to be gentle. But that doesn't make him soft. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness produces gentleness. Meekness is strength under control. So how does this fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, how does this manifest in our lives? What can we do to see an increase of this fruit of meekness, of gentleness in our own lives, in our personal lives. I've got a few points. Number one, you've heard this before, stay connected to the vine. John 15 verses 4 and 5, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. He's the vine, we're the branches. You remember, as a child of God, you've got the divine nature of God living on the inside of you. We have that fruit of gentleness inside of us. But in order for gentleness to manifest, we need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. We need to be so aware of the promptings of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Remember, this is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's not a natural a natural um, personality trait. This is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of the Holy Spirit's presence. We need to be more aware when Jesus is saying, when the Holy Spirit is saying, gently, gently, gently deal with this person. 
So stay connected to the vine. Number two, be intentional. Be intentional. Be intentionally kind. Be intentionally compassionate. Be intentionally gentle and humble towards others. Meekness produces gentleness. Gentleness is an outworking of meekness. You know what, if you know somebody who's struggling in an area of sin, perhaps, um, and if it's somebody in Family Church Waterlooville, send them to Chris and I, we'll, we will help that person. But listen to what it says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. It says, brethren, if anyone is overtaken in any trespass, in other words, if someone falls into sin, this is the Apostle Paul says, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. In a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. We need to have a spirit of gentleness. No accusation, no condemnation, but a spirit of gentleness. So we need to be intentional. 1 Timothy 6.11 says, But you, man of God, woman of God, child of God, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Pursue it. Pursue gentleness. Seek after it. Chase it down. This is something to be desired. This is something to be pursued. He says, pursue gentleness. So we're going to be intentional. Philippians 4 Verse 5, Philippians 4, 5 says, Let your gentleness be known to all men. In fact, the, trans, the, the, the Passion Translation says, Let gentleness be seen in every relationship. Let. It starts with the word let, that little three-letter word, let. Three letters word, let. That means allow. Allow gentleness. Gentleness is in you. Allow that gentleness to be seen in every relationship. It's a challenge. Allow that gentleness to come out. So, so, so wives, let your gentleness be made known to your husband. Husbands, let allow your gentleness to be made known to your wife. Children, let your gentleness be made known to your parents. And parents, let your gentleness be made known to your children. Proverbs 15.4 says, A gentle tongue is a tree of life. Let us be a tree of life to whoever we meet in this week ahead. Let's be intentional this week. I've got some more points, but I'm going to come into land. Point number three, walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Put off the old man. Get rid of the old nature. Put on the new man on purpose. Be intentional on purpose. Listen to what Colossians 3 verse 8 says. But now you yourselves are to put off all of these. Put them off. Okay. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Put them off. Get rid of it. And then Colossians 3 verses 12, 13 says, As the elect of God, that's you, child of God, you are elect of God, holy and beloved. He says, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, 
long-suffering, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, be intentional, put on the new man. It's a choice. It's a choice. So we're going to be intentional this week. We're going to be that gentle tongue being a tree of life. A gentle tongue is a tree of life. Matthew 5, 5, that amplified version. Blessed are the meek, for, theirs, for they shall inherit the earth. The amplified says, blessed, inwardly peaceful, joyfully serene, are the gentle, the kind-hearted, the sweet-spirited, the self-controlled, for they will inherit the earth. God's not left us as orphans. He's empowered us by his Holy Spirit. We have the divine nature of God living on the inside of us. Let us yield to the Holy Spirit. Allow this fruit to manifest. Meekness is an attitude. It's one of the be attitudes. It's an attitude that starts with humility. We humble ourselves before God. Ask the Holy Spirit to refresh us. Ask him right now, Holy Spirit, refresh me. Refresh me. Thank you, Lord. Yield to the Holy Spirit. When you sense, mm, God's saying something on the inside of me, be gentle. Maybe saying, allow the gentleness to manifest. Be gentle. Be deliberate. Be intentional in displaying gentleness. That's all I've got to say for, it, for tonight. I had lots more I could have shared, but my time is up. I just hope this word has blessed you and, and challenged you. But this week, just learn from Jesus. Read about him. Read the Gospels. Learn, learn from him. For he is gentle and lowly in heart. God bless you. See you next time.